Well, it's good to be here today. There we go. And uh, I'll tell you a wonderful thing about teaching and about even preaching. You know, when you mess up or do something wrong or, you know, something doesn't go just quite the way you want it to and, and you think, boy, I could have, you know, done that introduction or that body or that conclusion better. You always get another chance in next week. And so, um, kind of like playing golf, you know, the next shot will keep you in the game. And uh, Betty Jo Craft is a uh, great encourager. And uh, I've said many times, I don't know what Betty Jo is drinking, but I want some of it. Uh, she is just a marvel and amazing. But uh, Betty Jo called me over the other night, and she said, I've got a joke to tell you. And she said, now you make sure and tell it. And I said, well, if it's a good one, I'll tell it. And she said, oh, it's good. And uh, she said that there was a guy that loved baseball and just loved baseball and could not imagine dying and going to heaven and there not being baseball. So anyway, uh, the death angel came and, and the death angel said, uh, well, I've got good news and i got bad news for you. The good news is, yes, there is baseball in heaven. The bad news is, you're the starting pitcher tomorrow night. <laughs> so, anyway, I, I hope that none of you are the starting pitcher tomorrow night. Sometimes you have a Bible study and... Uh, you're trying to deal with the text and, and you wonder if uh, there is great application. Well, today there is. And I believe with all my heart that today we're going to look at something that every single person deals with. There are times in your life when you might be depressed, uh, you might be down in the dumps, uh, you might think that God has no future for you. There are people in this room that have dealt with cancer. There are people in this room that have been widows. There are those that have gone through divorce. And you might say, is there a brighter tomorrow? And I can tell you there is. God has a rainbow after every storm. Today we're going to look at these widows, and especially Naomi and Ruth. We're going to find that God had a wonderful tomorrow for them. And so today we're going to talk about resources for the believer. You know, it's always hard to go home. Sometimes when you're a, you're a hometown boy, it's hard to go back home. I know uh, for preachers that uh, when you go back home to preach, they always see you as that little boy that ran around and did all those things wrong. <laughs> but yet we find that God has a way of letting us go back home to our faith. I, uh, I think about the words of Jesus in John chapter 4, verse 44. It says, for Jesus himself testified that a prophet has no honor in his country. And so, even Jesus said 
that a prophet has no honor in going home to his own country. And you know very well in the Gospels that when Jesus went home, there was always that difficulty in him being respected back in Galilee. So I want us to look here today at Naomi and Ruth going home. So here in your Bible, we're going to look at Ruth chapter 1 and verses 19 through 22. I want to uh, read 19 through 22, but I want to focus on verse 21. So look here at Ruth chapter 1, beginning in verse 19. So they both went until they came to Bethlehem. And when they had come to Bethlehem, all the city was stirred because of them. And the women said, Is this Naomi? She said to them, Do not call me Naomi, call me Mara, for the Almighty has dealt very bitterly with me. I went out full, but the Lord has brought me back empty. Why do you call me Naomi, since the Lord has witnessed against me, and the Almighty has afflicted me? So Naomi returned, and with her Ruth the Moabitess, her daughter-in-law, who returned from the land of Moab, and they came to Bethlehem at the beginning of barley harvest. And there you find the end of chapter 1. And, and you know the story, how that Elimelech, whose name meant my God is king, how they took Naomi, whose name meant pleasant or pleasantness, and they took those two boys, Malon and Kilion, and they went from Judah to Moab. There in Moab, there are three funerals. Elimelech, Malon, Kilion, all three die. And so Naomi says, let's go home. They start the journey home. Three widows. And when they are on the way, Naomi stops and she tells Ruth and Orpah, don't follow me. There's just death and destruction in my path. Go back home to Moab. And then you, of course, know Orpah goes back, but not Ruth. In fact, the Bible says that Ruth clings to Naomi. She clung to her. She held on to her. And that is a picture of the child of God who does not let go of their faith in hard times. They cling to that faith. They hang on to it. And so now you've got two widows, Ruth and Naomi. They go back to Judah. And Naomi thinks in her heart and in her life that she's empty. There's nothing in her life any longer. In fact, she says in verse 21, I went out full, I'm coming back empty. She thought she was bankrupt in spirit, bankrupt in life, but she could never be more wrong. And when the child of God believes that they have no resources, you need to wake up and smell the coffee, wake up and smell the roses, because God has a plan for your life. God doesn't give up on His people. Aren't you glad for that? God doesn't give up on us. Boy, I, I think about lives of discouragement. People that are facing all kinds of junk in their life. I had a lady one time, a widow, and 
my first church. Her name was Mrs. Devers. And Mrs. Devers had a dog named Smokey. That, that dog was a mental case. I mean, that dog would, would growl at you and try to bite you, and then the next time he'd just make up and be your best friend. But I'd go and see Mrs. Devers, and we'd visit and pray and talk, and, and I tried not to visit her on Thursday. Because if I went Thursday, Friday, or Saturday to visit her, on Sunday, she wanted to talk about what we visited about in church while the sermon's going on. In other words, I'd be up there preaching, Mrs. Devers go, that's right, preacher, you said that to me last Thursday. <laughs> and, and I had these questions that, you know, were, were rhetorical, like, you know, what shall we do with our faith? And boy, she'd stand up and start answering the question. And I'm going, no, no, just, just sit down. But, but you know, Sometimes people do need to talk about what God has taught you and what God has in store for you. Man, I, I look around the room today. I see Margaret back with us from some treatment there in Denver. I see Freddie Socks here today. You know, on and on we could go. Bill and Vicki, I, I mean, I could see different people around the room that have faced all kinds of trials. Boy, you're halfway through treatment for cancer. Quit looks good. When you've been married seven years, <laughs> quit looks good. When, when you start a new job and when the newness has worn off, quit looks good. But you and I have resources available to us. And I want to share with you today four different resources that Naomi had in her life. Number one, she had the resource of life. The resource of life. Now, John chapter 10, verse 10. Jesus says in that verse, I am come that they might have life and have it abundantly. She had the resource of life. Now, I didn't mention this earlier, but in Psalm chapter 9, look, look in your Bible to Psalm chapter 9, verse 10. We've got some verses here in Psalms we're going to look at. Psalm chapter 9 and verse number 10. <clears throat> Psalm 9, 10. And those who know your name will put their trust in you. For you, O Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. Isn't that a great verse? Naomi had the resource of life. You know, we had uh, two funerals yesterday, uh, both church members. Uh, Dr. McQuilkin, uh, his service over at CIU. And then there was a shut-in who passed away. Laura Clay, Lib Clay, and Bill and Barbara Shank up here were the homebound visitors for uh, Lib. And I did uh, Lib's service yesterday. And you know, I, I thought to myself, here's someone that's a shut-in, and here's someone that was the former president of CIU. And yet, 
They both died equally. They both died together. They both had their funerals on the same day. And in heaven, perhaps, they're side by side up there. Now, there is an equality about death. Now, stay with me here. I'm going somewhere. All right? I don't mind chasing a rabbit, but I'm going to kill it, all right? <laughs> there is an equality in death. Don't you hate guys that chase rabbits, but they never kill them? You know, they just... And there also is an equality in life. As long as you have life, you've got a chance to do something different. And Naomi had the resource of life. She was still breathing. She was still walking. She was still talking. There was life there. God is the originator of life. All life begins with God. God is the creator of life. I don't care how it happens. I don't care when it happens. If there is life, God did it. He is the originator of life. Now, I want you to look in your Bible. Look at Psalm chapter 139. Psalm 139. And look at verse 13. Now, just kind of hold your spot there. We're going to look at something else here. Look at verse 13. Psalm 139, verse 13. For you formed my inward parts. You wove me in my mother's womb. The Bible says there, God forms the inward part. God weaves people together in their mother's womb. I've heard people say, well, you know, my birth came about later on in life. My mom and dad, they were through having children and I was an accident. And I said, oh, no, you weren't. No, you weren't. I want to tell you, People struggle, and many people, many couples, they try everything to have a child. And sometimes couples are frustrated because they can't have children. I'll guarantee you, when life comes about, God did it. He is the originator of life. John Henry Newman one time said, Fear not that your life shall come to an end, but rather that it shall never have a beginning. What a precious thing life is. You want to know how precious it is? Ask the guy who's waiting on Monday morning to have two heart valves put in. Yeah. Ask the person who walks into a doctor's office and they say, I've got some news for you. You have terminal cancer. Boy, life is precious. It really is. God is not only the originator, God is the sustainer of life. Now look here again, Psalm 139. Look at verse 16. Your eyes have seen my unformed substance, and in your book were all written the days that were ordained for me, when as yet there was not one of them. The Bible says there, that God has written down the days of our life. All the days of our life. You know, we celebrate birthdays by the year, don't we? Yeah, I'm, I'm 57 years of age. 
I really am. I know there's a lot of gray hair up here. Yeah, I, I had, a, had a haircut yesterday and she cut out all the black hair. But anyway, when, when you and I realize that every single day is a birthday, every single day is a gift. God has all our days written down. Do y'all, do y'all remember the old soap opera, All the Days of My Life? Yeah, I can still hear that music. Now, I didn't watch the soap opera. <laughs> I just heard the music. We, we need to realize that life is a resource. The Bible says again in John 10, 10, we can have life and have it abundantly. All right, number two, second resource. She had the resource of opportunity. The resource of opportunity. Ruth chapter 1, verse 19 again. The Bible says, So they both went until they came to Bethlehem. What does Bethlehem mean? House of bread. And when they had come to the house of bread, all the city was stirred because of them. And the women said, Is this Naomi? So they get back to the house of bread. They had a fresh opportunity. God gave them a chance to make a new decision. How many times do people have one opportunity, two opportunities, three, four, five, and six? I'm, I'm glad that grace gives us a chance to begin again. You know the wonderful thing about the gospel is that you can have a fresh start. You know, Naomi and Ruth, they, they had a new opportunity. Someone said to a weary believer one time, stop staring at the door of despair and start looking out the window of opportunity. You and I have a choice. We can have despair or opportunity. Sometimes we look and, and stare at all the problems we've got. Man, start staring at the promises that you've got. We have opportunity to begin again. All right, number three, the third resource. She had the resource of Ruth, her daughter-in-law. We find this in chapter 1. If you go back up to verse 14. Ruth 1, verse 14. And they lifted up their voices and wept again. And Orpah kissed her mother-in-law. But Ruth, and here's this wonderful word, clung to her. And she clung to her. You know what kind of clinging that is? When I was a young boy in church, we had a bunch of women that, uh, boy, they were huggers. Now the sad thing was when I was in high school those women that, that were huggers they were about 80 or 90 it wasn't the 16 year old girls alright it was the older women but I, I remember this one lady boy she would you know have her arms open and man she put a hug on you that was a bear hug it was like you couldn't breathe when she had a hold of you boy she just hugged you up, and man just held on to you and clung. 
That's what Ruth did. She clung, embraced, hung on to her mother-in-law. She said, Naomi, I'm not going to let you go. Well, Ruth was indeed a tremendous resource for Naomi. When days are dark and depressing, draw upon the resource of your family. Now, Ruth was the daughter-in-law of Naomi, and you have a physical family. God has blessed you with a family. Now, I know there are times that you don't get along with your family. Have you ever had a fight with a family member? Everybody's saying yes, I know you have. Ever had a disagreement with a family member? Sure you have. But you're stuck with them because they're family. Sometimes, you know, the in-laws are the outlaws, but, but you're stuck with them. And sometimes you thank God you are stuck with them. Because that physical family sometimes is a great resource. Ecclesiastes chapter 4 and verse 12 says a cord of three strands is not quickly torn apart. I long for the day when I can talk to my dad again. My dad went home to be with the Lord a few years ago and, and I remember the great wisdom I got from my dad. Every time I would call and talk to my dad when we moved to South Carolina, I'd call dad on the phone and dad always had some standard questions he would go through. How's your car running? <laughs> what, what are you having for supper? <laughs> I mean, he, he would always ask those things. Boy, I, I would give $100 or more if I could just pick up the phone and call and talk to my dad and get that encouragement and that wisdom. I thank God I can go home at night and talk to Pam. And it uh, doesn't matter how, how bad the day is, Pam's there to encourage, you, encourage me and, and cheer me on. And you've got a spouse or you've got a, a family member like that. And thank God for that. But you also have a spiritual family. And look around you. Here it is. Aren't you glad for a church family? And when you need someone to help you, and you need a helping hand, you've got a church family there. When you need someone to pray for you, you've got a church family. When you need someone to help you with a task, you've got a church family. I think about the Helping Hands ministry. I, I think about Lynn, what, what we did a, a few weeks ago in helping Julie. And I, I think about all the different ministries our church has that physically we are there to help and support people. Man, you've got the resource of family. Well, let me move on. The fourth and last resource. She had the resource of Jehovah, the God of Israel. Yahweh, Jehovah. She had the resource of the covenant God of Israel. The most important resource. The Lord is mentioned 25 times in this brief book. In the book of Ruth, when God is mentioned these 25 times, time after time after time, God is mentioned by the name El Shaddai, the God who provides. 
Oh. Boy, when you talk about God, God has so many names where He's described Himself. Sometimes He is the Shalom, the peace. Sometimes He is El Shaddai, the great provider. Sometimes He's Yahweh or Jehovah, the covenant God. God is so immense and so vast, He cannot be locked up in one phrase. God has so many ways to describe Himself. John Wesley one time said, Best of all, God is with us. God is with us. Naomi and Ruth, they locked their arms together and marched back to Bethlehem with the covenant God of Israel with them. I've got a place in the Bible where I just want to camp out and live. There are two chapters I'd recommend to you. Philippians chapter 4 and Romans chapter 8. Philippians 4, 13. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Philippians 4, 19. My God shall supply all your need according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Romans 8, 28. You know all things work together for good to those who love the Lord. What about Romans chapter 8, verse 31? What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Man, I tell you, I, I like what the old... African American preacher said, I read Romans 8.31, I want to charge hell with a water pistol. <laughs> Boy, you can do it. You can do it. Can you go home? Oh, the answer is yes. Can you have a new beginning? Oh, the answer is yes. George W. Truitt pastor in First Baptist Church, Dallas, Texas, for about 40 years. Dr. Truett had many, many opportunities to go and be president of seminaries and colleges. George W. Truett one time said, I have found the shepherd's heart, and it has called me to the pastor. I understand that. Because boy, every single week I walk into hospital rooms and I grab someone by the hand and I, I tell them, I don't care what the doctors say. I know that God has the last word. I walk into funeral homes and put my arms around people and share the God of comfort with them. Boy, I have the joy of walking in here every Sunday. Man, you guys are such a blessing. I, I get so charged up when I go out of here. George W. Truett said his favorite hymn was, He leadeth me, O blessed thought. He leadeth me, O blessed thought. O words with heavenly comfort fraught. Whate'er I do, where'er I be, still tis God's hand that leadeth me. He leadeth me, He leadeth me. By His own hand He leadeth me. His faithful follower I would be. For by His hand He leadeth me. Oh, and isn't that great? 
Let me pray with you. Father, thank you for your word today. Lord, take your hand and lead us. When we think that we're bankrupt with no resources, God, how far from the truth that is. Remind us, Lord, of all that we have in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Y'all have a great week.